to those that didn't tell, Sabbath classes are now being held. So those can be excused that are part of the Sabbath classes, the teachers and the youth. I remembered when I saw people start walking out the door. So I'm like, oh yeah. Minor details. Okay, so without any further ado, for our next message, you'll be brought to us by Mr. Barnabas Grayson. Let God be true. Greetings, everyone. Hello and goodbye. <laughs> The title to a hymn we sometimes sing is Trust and Obey. We sang this last week, and as I listened to the words of the song, I thought, you know, I, it gave me a lot of thought about what those two words uh, mean to us. Trust and obey. They are operative words. They rely on really the truth being told. Trusting in the words that are being told and then obeying the meaning of that truth. If we define the word truth, we see that it means to believe in the reliability, the truth, or the ability, or the strength of someone or something in our decision making. So who do we trust in our life? What do we trust in our life? Do we trust our car? Do we trust our job? Or the bridge that we are about to cross? Who do we obey? Good questions for us because they involve trust. They involve an obedience to what that uh, trust means. For us, the answer, of course, to all of these is that we trust in God the Father. We trust in the Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And also in their word. But what is there about truth, about trust that we should know. In the book of 2 Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul describes a great day that is to come in which is going to be a temporary triumph of evil in the last days until the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we see that the Thessalonians, the church there, they were undergoing troubles and trials of all sort. And there was some doubt as to the second coming of Christ since they were in, having to endure all of these troubles and trials that they were facing. The persecutions, the confusion, and so on. So this letter that, uh, of Paul that he wrote to them, he reminds them that th though they are having these trials, this turmoil this confusion, that they should continue to trust in God and not fail to obey his word. Because their trials and their persecutions, just as in our life today, we have trials and persecutions and other things that go against us, that we should continue to trust in the word of God and in his promises that we obey them and not give them up. Because they are evidence of the righteous judgment 
that's in their favor. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. It says in verse 4. So that we ourselves glory in you the churches of God for your patience. Paul is writing to the Thessalonians. For your patience and your faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. Tribulations can be just about anything. Maybe a sickness. Maybe a death. Whatever sorrow and trial they have in life. That there are these two things that have praise. Patience and faith. Verse 5, which is a manifest token of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. So these uh, trials, these tribulations, are evidence of God working with us in order that he may see us overcome, that he may be our guide, that we may continue to trust and obey him no matter what the trial or trouble or circumstance may be verse 6 seeing it is a righteous thing with God to recompense tribulation to them that trouble you so there are those who are troubling them and apparently must be getting by in their persecution of the church and to you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels so to you who are troubled, rest with us. You know, relax. Don't get too concerned about it, but rest with us because Jesus Christ is going to be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. And in verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that don't know God and that obey not the gospel or the good news of our Lord Christ and we can look at the gospel and see there are so many things wonderful things that that gospel expresses to us in our life who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he shall be become when he shall come to be glorified in his saints it's going to come to be glorified in you and in me and all the saints that have been from the past to the present. And those in the future. And to be admired in all them that believe. Because our testimony among you was believed in that day. Belief is like trust. When you believe something, you trust it. You trust in it because you see it as the truth. And you obey the meaning of it. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 uh, beginning verse 1. I beseech you brethren. By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And by our gathering together unto him. That you be not soon shaken in mind. Or, or be troubled. Neither by spirit. Nor by word. Nor by letter. As from us. As that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you. By any means. And this is what, uh, when you look at this chapter, this verse here, it means a lot for our consideration. Let no man deceive you by any means. So there are several means by which man can deceive. He can make uh, a lie look like the truth by the things he says or does. 
For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, an apostasy from the righteousness of God, from the commandments of God, from the way of God, from the path that is uh, before us. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition or of sin or, or of lawlessness, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So that he as God sits in the temple of God. Showing himself that he is God. So when you like in the book of Daniel. Read about the beast power. The beast that is to come. And you also read about Antichrist. And how those things are going to uh, come about. And it says in verse 7. The mystery of iniquity does already work. You know we've heard. This several times, many times in sermons throughout our lifetime to this present time. The mystery does already work. It applied to them back in those days. And it also applies to our time today. Only he who now lets, will let. You know, he's being restrained for the time being. So that he, uh, so that until he is taken out of the way and then shall that wicked be revealed whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming so we that day is yet to come and in these verses we see what is truth we see what is uh, being spoken as something that we should hang our hats on and believe no matter what comes about because as the days as it gets closer to the end for some of us, it may be a long, long time from now. But to always remember that there are promises that God has made through the prophecies that, that are in the Bible that we read. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan. That invisible being, that deceiver who deceives the whole world. Satan the devil who is doing all sorts of things to confuse and to uh, deceive and to make the lie seem like a truth and shall mislead many. And he's going to come, the working of Satan, with all power and all signs and, and signs and lying wonders. Somehow these, uh, these wonders, you know, it's like a magician, you know. You know that he's not performing uh, something real. It's just a lying wonder. How did the magician make, saw that lady in half or uh, things of that sort? Many lying wonders that are going to deceive the many and it could deceive the elect. So we have to be on our guard just as uh, it says elsewhere that uh, we are to uh, put on the whole armor of God. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. They blindly follow these, uh, de these deceptions, these lying wonders. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. They'll believe everything, everything they hear, and since they are of a mind to do it anyway, that strong delusion is going to be even more to their liking and to believe in it. Something that they 
people think is trustworthy, but it really is not. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. But we are bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren. Paul is telling the Thessalonians, beloved, brethren, beloved of the Lord, because God has from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Belief of the truth, whereunto he called you by our gospel. The gospel that Paul preached, the gospel that the apostles preached, the, uh, the writings that we see in Scripture today are being preached to us in the same way. And we have come to believe in that truth, to trust and obey that truth. Therefore, brethren, as in the song we earlier sang, stand fast and hold the traditions which you have been taught, whether by word or our epistle. Thy word is truth, said, said uh, Jesus. He said that of the Father in John 17, 17. But the Jews said to him at one point, they said, don't keep us in suspense. If you're Messiah, tell us plainly. Tell us, you know, the truth. And he also had made sure to his disciples that they should know this truth when he said to them, I and my father are one. In John 10.30. So these words identify him, identify as Christ, that the deity of Christ is as the son of God. And what did they do? They took up stones to stone him because he made, made himself uh, like unto God in that statement. And you remember when Philip at the Passover had asked Jesus to show us the Father? Jesus said, <clears throat> Believe ye not that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwells in me. He does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father. And the Father in me or else believe me for the very works sake. So Philip heard these words as well as the other disciples who were listening to those words of Jesus Christ. And he's saying don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me. And some did not, did not believe that. And that he does the work through Jesus Christ. So these words apply to his disciples today. They apply to you and me today. And they were spoke. Uh, though they were spoken by Christ. A long time ago. So all Christians. <clears throat> those who are constant in prayer. Those who go to church. Those who fellowship with brethren. And sing praises. Say on the Sabbath. Those who keep the commandments, those who observe the holy days and do other things that are pleasing to God, sometimes need their faith bolstered by the word of God or by the brethren or by the words that we hear in order that we may continue to trust and obey. There's a phrase in Romans chapter 3 verse 4 where the apostle Paul said, let God be true but every man a liar. Let God be true and every man a liar. Because we as hearers and listeners 
need to be careful in the things that we hear because, you know, man can lie, he can exaggerate, he can say things, uh, lie on purpose, and, and say things he believes to be true, but are not. And man can bear false witness. And we know we have the commandment that says to not bear false witness. So it's, it's bad when that is the intention, of course, to mislead in some way. Because man is not perfect, but prone to make mistakes. And in their honest view of things, they can be sincere, but as the saying goes, they can be sincerely wrong. The Bible says there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So we have to be sure about how we think, about what we take into our life, about things that we hear. Words matter is another phrase that we often hear today. So by comparing what is spoken to what the word of God says, it's good counsel. And in doing so, we put the word of God first. As it says, thy word is truth, and we can rely on that. So it's in our interest, to, in our best interest, to do so in these times that we live in, because, you know, truth gets pretty much lost in the, in the shuffle of words, and it's hard to sort it out. <clears throat> we read in Revelation 21, 27, it's not on your handout there. It says that we must not risk our salvation by being unrighteous. Because it says, These shall in no wise enter into, the king, uh, enter into anything that defiles, enter into the kingdom anything that defiles, neither what, whatsoever makes a lie or works abomination, but they which are written in the Bible or in the book of life. Are we written in the book of life? We know that we are. We can have confidence in that. In 2 Peter chapter 2, there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily, or that is secretly, shall bring in damnable or destructive heresies, beliefs you know, that are at odds with, with the doctrines of Christ, even denying the Lord that bought them, because we know that it was Jesus who paid uh, for our redemption. Who paid the death penalty for our sins. And we have a lot to be grateful for in that sacrifice. And, but they bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. That is blaspheme. <clears throat> so the gospel of Jesus. And that he as a son of God was not received very well by those who heard or listened to him but they were rejected by the religionists of his days so the disciples faced contentions almost everywhere they went the church was being formed at that time it was a new belief among not only the Jews but also the Greeks the Gentiles and so it was much you know, we're the recipients of their efforts, of their work, of the Bible that we have in our possession, the words that have been preserved for us. And so there was contention, a whole lot more among them than those of us today, many of us today. 
Let God be true and every man a liar. Now what is the source of truth? Acts 17 beginning verse 1. When they, that is disciples, passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where was a synagogue of the Jews. <coughs> I have to say that you know, when you look at those names there, those places, I had to practice those names. I still don't know if I said them right. But those were places where they went. Very familiar to the apostles, the disciples of, of that day. And Paul, as his manner was, he went unto them and three Sabbath days reasoned with them. He reasoned with them out of what? Out of the scriptures, it says. Opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead. And that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. That he is the Messiah that some, you know, didn't believe in. So those things that we read about in the life of Jesus when he came and preached and done miracles and then was persecuted and crucified and then buried and then uh, rose again were all proof of the Messiah that he was who he said he was. And some of them in verse 4 believed. They were persuaded uh, by these uh, preaching of the apostles. And consorted, that is, they joined with Paul and Silas. And of the devout Greeks, a great multitude. And of the chief women, not a few. But the Jews, which believed not, they were moved with envy. They took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort. And gathered a company. And set all the city on an uproar. And assaulted the house of Jason and sought to bring them out to the people. So they caused this uproar by saying things that weren't true, saying things that would stir up the people, uh, said things that would uh, cause them to doubt and not trust the words that they were hearing from the apostles. And in verse 6, And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren unto the rulers of the city, crying, These have turned the world upside down, they can't, are come here also. Whom Jason has received. And these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar. Saying that there is another king. One Jesus. And they troubled the people. And the rulers of the city. When they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason. And of the other. They let him go. And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas. By night into Berea. Who coming there went into the synagogue of the Jews. So you, the heading here that is on your handout, you know, a source of truth. They went to the scriptures and they, and this uh, particular verse, verses, this chapter indicates uh, how they came to the truth. And it says that these were more noble, uh, this particular uh, sect here. They were more noble. That is, they were uh, more fair <coughs> or open-minded than those in Thessalonica. In that they received the word. With all readiness of mind. And searched the scriptures daily. Whether those things were so. The things that they were hearing about Christ. And about his mission. About his sacrifice. 
Therefore many of them believed. Also of honorable women. Which were Greeks. And of men not a few. So there were a lot of people. But when the Jews of Thessalonica. Had knowledge that the word of God. Was preached of Paul at Berea. They came there also. And stirred up the people there. And then immediately. The brethren sent away Paul. To go as it were to the sea. But Silas and Timotheus. They abode there still. So we see how this truth. Was welcome or not welcome. Welcomed by some and not by others. Those who were closed minded. So they went to the scriptures. You know be as the Bereans. Who study the scriptures daily. To see if certain things were so. The written word of God. The scriptures. To see for themselves what the truth was. Concerning the gospel that they were hearing. This gospel of Jesus Christ. So the Bereans did the right thing. By turning to the scriptures. Those of us who. I'd say all of us here. Who opened the Bible. Who heard a, a word of God. Who heard maybe from the pulpit. Or, or some other way. Decided I'm going to check up on this. And we came to the truth of the Sabbath. We came to the truth of the commandments. And all of those things. That make for the doctrines of Jesus Christ. That has become a part of our life. Today. So the Bereans did the right thing. Just as we did the right thing. In taking our Bible. Buying new Bibles. And paying whatever we could for a good Bible. Or some of us have. Maybe five or six kinds of Bibles. In our possession. <clears throat> because we wanted to study. The word of God. According as the scripture tells us. To study to show yourself approved. A workman that needeth not be ashamed. So in 1 Thessalonians, uh, there in chapter 5, we are to believe the word. To believe, the more you study something, the more you read it, the more you come to believe and trust in it and obey what the word says. It says there, in two things that we see here, that they were told in verse 20, to despise not prophesying. Don't scoff at words a prophecy that uh, that we hear the words of the New Testament apostles were of course new to many but they were based on the Old Testament because uh, in those scriptures they found that they pointed to Jesus as a son of God and also to his sacrifice and the plan of salvation and they were also told verse 21 to prove all things Sometimes when we come across something that doesn't ring true in, in, in us, you know, we go to sources to look at it. We uh, ask others uh, about their understanding in order to prove all things. And then hold fast to that which is good. Even when we hold fast to something that is good, sometimes along the line we find out something, well, that's not entirely true. Do we all have the truth at this present time? I would dare say that, you know, we don't know all the truth. But the truth that we have, we hold fast because we see it as good. So this, in essence, First Thessalonians 5, 20, says for us to believe the Bible. As we read, many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many in the last days. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, 
I beseech you therefore brethren. By the mercies of God. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy. Acceptable unto God. Which is your reasonable service. To do those things that are holy and acceptable to God. Sometimes does take sacrifice. Instead of hatred. We replace it with love. And to uh, fight against this, uh, those things that would lead us into doing wrong things. It's, it's a sacrifice that we make. And it's our reasonable service. And in verse 2. To be not conformed to this world. But be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Sometimes we, we conform to the world. and Sometimes we can be misled by the world and its way of doing things. So we have to be careful and make sure that whatever we're doing is acceptable. The acceptable will of God. For I say in verse 3, though the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly. According as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Galatians <clears throat> chapter 6. We have to look to our own self. And in verse 2 it tells us that we are to bear one another's burdens. And so fulfill the law of Christ. That is, you know, share each other's problems and troubles. And saying, you know, brother or sister... I'm with you. I understand. I will remember you in my prayers. For we all have weaknesses. To come out of. And so we sympathize. And you get you know, uh, one song that says. We share a sympathizing tear. You know as in the prayer uh, request today. You know it, it, like it did with, with Steve. About the 18 month old. And the parents that are having to go through those things. And so we are asked to pray for them. But God knows. He knows everything that is going on in our life. And so we use prayer as a communication to God. In order that he may look down upon all of these who are sick. And with, uh, look down upon them with favor. But if a man, verse 3. For if a man think himself to be something, when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Let every man prove his own work. You know, let examine himself. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself and not in another. You know, you don't look at others' faults or their problems and say, well, you know, I'm better off than they are. We don't do that. And compare whether we are stronger or weaker than they but every man, for every man shall bear his own burden. Verse 6, let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows <clears throat> to the Spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting so how, uh, where do we reap where, uh, from you know whenever you plant something in a, in a, in a garden or, or a field you know what's out there and you know what you need to get like yeah, like during the uh, summer 
have this little garden plot there and there's uh, tomatoes out there growing and uh, you know there's a tomato growing and so you go out there to get it. You know what you know what's bearing fruit out there. In the same way the word of God especially when you go to Galatians chapter 5 and see the works of the spirit. That there are certain characteristics in there that we go and get and apply in our life. Sometimes everything together and sometimes maybe just one thing but we that's how we but we uh, reap the things that are there to life everlasting but if we have the works of the flesh all of those things that go against the nature of God it doesn't uh, give us uh, life verse 9 and let us not be weary in well-doing sometimes we think about uh, well I'm, I'm just tired of uh, doing this we get tired and see and think, well, it's just the same old thing. Well, we're not supposed to be weary because in due season we shall reap if we faint not. It's like a person going to school or, or a university or some other thing that if you get tired and you, and you give it up, you're not going to reap. So, verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. But why the household of faith? It's because Satan walks about trying to dislodge the truth from, to dislodge a church from the truth and cast doubt upon the things that we believe in. And so, we do good unto them. Supporting them. Upholding them. We who are the household of faith. Kind of like a family. I see this as like a family. All of us. And that when one suffers. You know we all in some way. Uh, suffer. It's like being a parent. When uh, a child suffers. Or is sick. Or is undergoing some kind of pain in a relationship. You know we're not happy for them. It all has an effect on us. We know some who are you know perhaps now suffering from, from colds or flus or uh, uh, persistent uh, uh, sickness. And we feel for them at times. And so we make prayer for them. Psalm 15 about truth. Lord who shall abide in your tabernacle? Who shall dwell in your holy hill? And it says plainly to us. He that walks uprightly. And works righteousness. And speaks the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue. Nor does evil to his neighbor. Nor takes up a reproach against his neighbor. In whose eyes a vile person is contemned. But he honors them that fear the Lord. He that swears to his own hurt. And changes not. He that puts not out his money to usury. Nor takes reward against the innocent. He that does these things shall never be moved. Those are acts of kindness. Those are acts of outgoing concern. Acts 
of love that we do sometimes and sometimes we don't do because we're not perfect. John chapter 4 about true worship. You remember that the woman at the well, she said to Jesus, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. And she said to Jesus, Our fathers worship in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour comes when you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. So it's not where we worship, but how we worship him. And it says, verse 22, you worship, you know not what. We know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. So salvation comes to the world. It's come to the world through the Jews who are given the uh, charge to copy and produce the scriptures that, that we hold in our hand. But there were many Jewish faithful who, who didn't believe in Jesus. They didn't believe in his gospel. And... Yeah, not just to the Jews, but there are others who don't believe in Christ for that matter. So we're to, look, we're to trust in the word of God and not uh, how someone says the truth is according to his own uh, thinking. It says in Isaiah 8 verse 20 that uh, to the law and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. To know whether or not they are speaking the truth. You just have to know what the scripture says. Or if you're not for sure. Then you search the scriptures. To see whether a certain thing be so or not. And so. <clears throat> this is the kind of worship. The father wants from us. Living in the words of truth. Every day. And according to the gospel. And according to the commandments. And so the woman said. Oh, in verse 24. It says that God is a spirit. And they that worship him. Must worship him. In spirit. And in truth. With sincerity. And. Uh, the, uh, and how. God wills. Us to be. <clears throat> the woman said unto him. I know that Messiah comes. Which is called Christ. When he is come. He will tell us all things. And Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto you am him, am he. So the woman had a decision to make. Was what she hearing the truth? Or was it just falsehood? But she came to believe. And she believed the words of Jesus who said to her, I that speak unto you am he, am he. And so this woman, she left her water uh, pot at the well and and she went to the village and she said unto the people, to the men that were there, she said, come, I want you to see this man I was talking to. And he told me all the things that I ever did. Is not this the Messiah? Can this be the Messiah? So the woman heard the word of truth and she believed it and she obeyed it. So the word of God tells us this. In John 8, verse 32. It says that you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. When Pilate asked Jesus. He said are you a king? Jesus answered you say I am a king. To this end I was born. For this cause came I un into the world. That I should bear witness. 
unto the truth. So everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. When our minds are open to what the will of God is, our minds are on the truth. Those who love the truth hear my words. Romans chapter 1. We are to live by faith. We put our trust and faith in Christ to save us. Because herein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written. That as we go to the scripture, go to the Bible. That just shall live by faith. As the scripture says, we find life by trusting in God and in his word. What is truth? You know, that's a question we sometimes uh, wonder about. But where do we find truth? Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 21, if so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. The truth is in Jesus. That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Drop down to 25. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. Verse 27, dropping down. Neither give place to the devil. All of these commandments that we see here go hand in hand. Verse 28. Let him that steal, stole, or steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good. Why? That he may have to give to him that needs. Verse 29. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. In verse 30. Times. It says. We do this. Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Sometimes we grieve the Holy Spirit. Knowing that we should do good. But we don't do it. Knowing to think right. But we don't do it. And we grieve the Holy Spirit of God. That is in us. That was given to us. On the day of baptism. And by the laying on of hands. And this Holy Spirit is what seals us. Unto the day of redemption. That day that is coming. When we shall be given a crown of life. For the kind of life that we live. In this present time. Let all bitterness. Do we have bitterness? Let all wrath and anger. And clamor and evil speaking. Be put away from you. With all malice. And be you kind one to another. Tender hearted. Forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake. Has forgiven you. Ephesians chapter 5. Let no man deceive you. Be ye therefore followers of God. As dear children. As parents we like children. That follow the right way. Do the right thing. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. So in these words we are to trust and obey. All of these scriptures that we have come across this afternoon we are to trust and obey. God cannot lie. 
His commandments are true. But they are true because if he was known to speak one lie or one lie after another, his credibility would be damaged. So how can he expect someone to listen to him and do his righteousness if he bears falsehood? So God in his great character and his holiness cannot lie and we can trust in his word. Paul goes on to say, verse uh, in Ephesians 5 there, uh, verse 3, fornication and all uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this we know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And these are strong words that are meant to guide us along the right path, along the righteous way. That way, the, the path that we take in honor of God and of Jesus Christ won't be blasphemed or, or spoken evil of or mocked. Again, verse 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things comes the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. We've read elsewhere, you know, the, the, the Lord hates a lying tongue. Be ye not, verse 7, therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness but rather reprove or, or rebuke or reprimand them it's been said that if a lie is told often enough it becomes accepted as truth and we may have read or heard it uh, before that some say that the truth is sometimes but a lie that is agreed upon. Verse 14. Let's drop down to 14. Wherefore he says. Awake you that sleep. And arise from the dead. And Christ shall give you light. And then. And see then that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools but as wise. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore be not unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. <clears throat> So, we, you know, we have the Holy Spirit that is our guide. It shall lead, you know, it will lead us into truth. <clears throat> Acts 5.29, it says, we ought to obey God rather than man. So when the time comes that we are faced with some sort of question or statement or doctrine that doesn't ring uh, the truthful bell in us, but we go to the word of God and see what it says and trust in that word. We trust and obey that word. Conclusion. Let us walk in the spirit of truth and love. And remember that our conversation, our citizenship is in heaven. And let us not bear false witness, either that of others or of or even our own. And that. We are to remember. 
that we are to obey God rather than man if there is any conflict. God cannot lie, trust and obey, and let God be true and every man a liar.